Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, gorgeous ones. It's Dr. Lucy here. Today is a monumental day for real life medicine. This is our 100th podcast episode. And we are so grateful to everybody who listens to us. And we've discovered there's actually a lot of you. We've had over 200,000 downloads of our podcast, which apparently pops us into the top 3% of podcasts in the world. And our mind is mind is blown over this fact. And there's a bit of us that goes, I can't believe it. But then the other bit of me says, you know what? We can believe it. We put a lot of work into this podcast. We turn up every single week. We have a fabulous podcast producer, Chris Ashmore. If you ever want a podcast produced, go look him up. And we have got a wonderful team behind us who transcribe, who post all our socials. So in some ways, there's a bit of me that says, you know what, Lucy, just be proud of the effort you've put on and accept that the result has come because of the effort you've put in. But I also really just want to tell you how grateful I am. And part of our gratitude also extends to the fact that we have some fabulous guests. And of course, today is no exception. We have a wonderful guest who is going to talk to us about a very common problem that we hear about all the time, knee pain. And she's going to give us some wonderful tips on how we can fix our own knee pain. So I'd love to welcome to the podcast, physiotherapist, Tricia Kashmir. Welcome. Hello, Dr. Lucy. Thanks for having me today. You are welcome. Knee pain, in fact, joint pain in general, but specifically knee pain would be something that I see and I'm sure buckets of doctors see in their clinical practice every single day. I think very common. Yeah. And I'm sure as a physio, that's what you guys probably see a lot of as well. Oh, well, I think that everybody knows that we're all about the pains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a few kind of myths around knee pain and particularly you know, I hear a lot that people will come in and they've, you know, been told they've got osteoarthritis, there's nothing they can do about it. And so, and again, if they're told that, that's what they believe. So they think there's nothing they can do about it. But what I'd love to hear from you, darling, is what your thoughts are on osteoarthritis and knee pain. Well, the incidence is much higher than probably most people realise because once we get to a certain age, inevitably there'll be a little bit of wear and tear in our various joints. However, you may not have it. You may not know that you've got it. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is we shouldn't focus on a diagnosis because if I have two people that walk into my clinic and one may have knee pain, one may not have knee pain, and they both bring an x-ray, they in fact may have very similar x-rays. So what you're being told around your diagnosis, which is usually based on an x-ray or some investigation, really may have no bearing at all on your experience of pain. So, you know, the first sort of point is when someone comes and says to us, we've got osteoarthritis, it's don't worry there are things that can be done yes absolutely and I think that's that is actually the biggest myth and people hear oh I've got osteoarthritis and they'll come in and they'll go I've got bone on bone I've got wear and tear there's nothing I can do that's not at all true there are in fact um and we will we'll get to it but we have a, a program and one of the things that we talk about in our education part of that program is that that term bone on bone it's terrifying like just to think 
that, you know, the thing that you understand as being the shock absorber in your knee, which is your cartilage, to think that that is gone and therefore these things are grinding away, you know, with every step, all it does is make you want to stop. You know, don't walk, don't grind, don't do anything, which in fact is the worst possible thing you can do when you have changes in your joints. Yeah, wear and tear, yes. Well, I guess you can counter that with that other great saying, which is the one I love perhaps a bit more, which is move it or lose it. Oh, that and that is exactly, exactly what um, I would like everybody to know, you know, and in fact maybe move it more. Yes, yes. But the movement, I guess, has to come in specific ways, doesn't it? Because sometimes people will try moving and then it hurts so they stop. Yeah. Um, so we've got lots of research and, and we can talk specifically about knees because I think I've had this experience myself, my patients have had this experience, people in my life, my mum had terrible knee pain, and often what happens is that, well, the first thing they'll say is, oh, but I'm very active, I'm on my feet all the time, I'm running around, you know, I, I'm already doing the exercise. But what we actually see is that while I'm thinking of nurses, I'm thinking of all of these, you know, people, often women who have, you know, very physical active jobs, you know, they are definitely, you know, on their feet walking around all the time. They're not necessarily doing the things that we know will give them, you know, the benefits that they need from exercise. You know, strength training needs to be specific. It needs to be managed. It's like any medication, really. You know, it's, dose is really important. You can't just go in there and go, right, I'm doing all the exercises. Oh, I'm not better. It didn't work. It's about, you know, being engaged on a regular basis over an extended period of time. And it's one of those things where, you know, you start out and you're like, oh, this is doing nothing. I'm not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, four, five, six weeks later, you look and you think, actually, something's happening here. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think to give orthopaedic surgeons their due, a lot of them these days are recognising that, you know, going in and cleaning up with an arthroscopy is not actually going to be helpful. And a lot of them will say, you know, you know, you don't need an arthroscopy. But then that sometimes leaves the person feeling unheard and that they, there's nothing they can do. When really there's plenty of studies validating that supervised physiotherapy programs improve knee pain better than surgery without any of the side effects. Absolutely. I mean, it's risk-free. There's no potential that you'll have a horrible outcome. We always, you know, as physios, when we've got patients who are who are going into surgery or who ask us, you know, um, should I have surgery? Often the question is, well, you know what you've got now and sometimes you don't know what you'll have at the other end. Um, so you sort of really only want to be facing surgical options when you've... I suppose, work through all of the other options that are available to you. So one really important thing to think about, even if you are considering surgery, if you want to get an optimum outcome, you want to go into that surgery as strong and flexible as possible. So there is no waste. Even if you've been told that you have grade four, osteoarthritis, bone on bone, end of the line, even if all those words have been said to you, you will still do much better post-surgery, if you go into that surgery having done a progressive strengthening program over an extended period of time so that your muscles and other structures in your knee are, you know, working optimally. So it's one of those things that there really is no downside here. If you just have a crack, do the work, you will get an outcome that will be a benefit to you um, either and often people find that the surgery is no longer on the table or it's pushed back for quite a long time 
or if you're still in that situation where you feel like and your doctors feel like that's the appropriate thing to do, your post-surgical recovery is inevitably better. Uh, You know what, Trish, 122 million percent on that (laughs) statement because I think for so many of our situations, people are given this kind of either or. You can go and do physio or you can have surgery when really this concept that I love the word of of prehab so you prehabilitate to give yourself either the opportunity to not need surgery or the best potential outcome should you need surgery yeah absolutely I mean we recommend prehab always good strong quads they are a beautiful thing to see and they change your life (laughs) If you want shock absorbers, use those. Absolutely. But, you know, one of the interesting things, and we were talking about this just before we got on air, is about women our age, and, you know, we're a similar vintage. When we were younger, we would spend a lot of time at aerobics, multiple aerobic classes a day, and we were sort of fearful of lifting weights or doing strength training in case we got to, and I'm using air quotes, my lovelies, big you know, you don't want to be big or you're too, you're getting too muscly. No. And it was considered to be unattractive. So what are your thoughts around that? Um, Oh, I can speak from my personal experience. I was uh, the aerobics bunny in my early twenties and now, you know, hitting up to 50, I actually started. So, you know, progressive strength training and the sort of program that we run is really for people who have never stepped into that you know into that sort of strength training space or who really haven't focused on a particular joint for me personally and it was a COVID activity I couldn't do lots of the things that I had enjoyed doing previously so I, I went and found myself a personal trainer I went and found a gym and now I actually lift very heavy weights And for me, that has been life-changing. I'm perimenopausal, just like lots of your um, people, and I'm just astonished at things like, you know, my waist is is leaner. I'm not one kilogram lighter than I was 18 months ago, but I feel much stronger. My energy levels are so much better. I can do so many more things that I couldn't do before. I can, you know, lift things up into high places. I don't have to get my boys to come and get things down. Like it's just astonishing. And so for me, that's been a revelation. I feel like lots of women our age haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to the benefits of those sorts of programs. And even, you know, often when people come to physio, they come to us because they have pain and they'll do enough with us to stop their pain, but they won't persevere and make that life change around introducing that regular strength program training um, into their routine. It's the same as you you would find, I think, with when you know when we're doing weight loss. It's all about the perseverance. You know, it has oh, to be absolutely has yes. to be a lifestyle change um, to get that you know long term gain. Because the reality is, unfortunately, that once we get to a certain point, you know, our muscle mass will continue to decline if we don't work very hard to retain it. At thirty, really wasn't a problem, but from thirty five onwards, that is the reality that we face. You know, we our bodies are sadly a little bit in decline however there's a lot that we can do to you know maintain ourselves and to prevent the consequences of that decline and you know really good quality exercise and strength training I think is fundamental to that oh absolutely and you know we talk quite a lot about the this concept of sarcopenia which is the sort of natural muscle wasting that occurs it's exacerbated in 
menopause, when our estrogen and testosterone levels drop, that doesn't mean there's nothing we can do about it. So I think there's two things, recognizing that this is happening and then what can you do to counter it? And again, it didn't matter when humans lived till 60 or 65, but we're now living to 90. So we have got bodies that need to be maintained for decades longer than they used to have to be. Oh, look, and I also want to be, you know, that rocking 90-year-old lady who's doing all the stuff. I don't want to be sitting in a chair, you know, restrained by my physical being. What I'd like to say is it's within the power of every individual to change what their future looks like. And it doesn't matter where you are today, you can always be better. There might be a few actually that are already there. Who could they be? But <laughs> <laughs> all our momentum. <laughs> of course, all of those people. Well done, ladies. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think it's really interesting though, because sometimes people do have that perception that they're too far gone. You know, oh, I, I, it's too, there's nothing I can do. But one of our favourite sayings is it's never too late to start. It is never, ever too late. The other great thing, Lucy, is that, you know, the further gone you are, the greater gains you've got to make. The bigger the upside and the quicker that you will actually see the results because small changes, if you feel like, you know, you're a long way behind, the small changes will actually make a big difference to you very quickly. So you might be the person who's just in the, pro, you know, doing these things for two weeks or three weeks and things. Oh. <gasps> Gosh, how much better is that? I love that reframe too. <laughs> the further you are behind, the bigger the gain. So it's perfect. So you don't need to feel completely, you know, hopeless because you're you feel like you're too far gone. No, definitely not. I, there is no one that won't benefit from making you know sensible changes to their life. And we struggle with feeling good all of the time. If we can get our physical being good then, you know, we're so much further ahead. And we, and this is the thing, isn't it? Like we talk a lot about mental health issues that are increasing right across our community. It's been a very difficult couple of years for pretty much everybody. I'm sure that there are countless people out there who can recount, like my experience really, that engaging in some, you know, quality physical exercise during that period helps not just your physical being but, frankly, those mental health issues too. So I see no downside ever. Uh, absolutely. And I think... I think sometimes people feel like they have to do, you know, they get worried or feel like it's going to be too hard. And so, you know, there's resistance because they think it's going to be too hard or they're not going to be able to do it or they're going to fail or this is going to be another thing I can't do. But in actual fact, like lots of things, you know, you start small. You don't have to start big. No, no. Look, um, the program that we have for people with knee pain, you can do at home. You need to commit really half an hour, three times a week to get the gains, and that's it. And that's it really with any kind of strengthening program. Two to three times will get you great gains, providing that you don't overdo it. Rest when you have to rest. Don't do it consecutive days. Yeah, so I love this because, again, we're all, you know, there's so, so much messaging around exercise that stops people so words like go hard or go home they're so unhelpful oh that's crap isn't it yeah <laughs> Not allowed to say bad words I'm sorry Lucy yeah no no um, I'm happy with crap it's a great no, word no look it, well it's like if it, it's really hard it doesn't hurt you're not doing anything yeah and that's not true um, no pain no glory like millions of little things in there that people are told 
that are in there, in their subconscious, like a lot of our myth information that people talk about, these are things that go, people go, well, you know, I don't want to get pain. Why would I do that? And you go, yeah. Yeah, look, you don't need to exercise till you are in pain. However, I will say that pain isn't necessarily a bad thing either. And why I say that is, you know, if you've had knee pain and then you're starting a program, you probably will find that you'll have some increase in your pain levels. What you should see is that they will settle and what you should see is that they settle more over time. So when you start doing a new thing and your body hasn't moved in a particular way, there's going to be a little bit of discomfort no matter what it is. You know, if you go for a two-hour walk when you've only really ever been doing 30-minute walks, you'll feel some changes, you know, you'll feel a bit of discomfort. So not all discomfort is bad, but in the moment you do not have to work until you're in excruciating pain or you're huffing and puffing and can't breathe or you feel sick. None of those things are necessary, which is, you know, that go hard or go home thing. I don't know. I don't do that. No. (laughs) Well, I would be spending a lot of time at home. So I think the other interesting thing is that we see, and I'm sure you do too, I see people who have worked hard their whole lives, like, you know, hard in their job. Then they come to retirement and they want to be gallivanting around, you know, in in their caravan or travelling or playing with their grandchildren or their dogs or whatever they want to be doing now. But they're hampered by pain and you know, then having to have lots of appointments, lots of all of these sorts of things. So I think that idea that what we're talking about here, so, you know, eating well, moving your body, these are like gifts that you can give your future self so that you don't end up in your retirement spending your time going to specialists and, you know, ruining your holidays. I'm nodding furiously. People can't see, but I'm nodding furiously. We were just discussing this exact thing. In the healthcare system at the moment, sometimes it's hard to get the appointments that you feel like you need. But a lot of the time, if you make some sensible choices, you won't necessarily need them or as frequently. Moving your body, you know, well and often enough, you know, don't have to do crazy things all the time, but often enough. Making good decisions about what you're eating most of the time, doesn't have to be all the time. That's probably all you need to do. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, obviously our podcast is called Real Health and Weight Loss and we we do want to help people be able to lose weight, not so they can fit into society's expectations of what a thin person should be, but so that they can live their life on their terms. So we know that for lower limb joint pain, every extra kilo you're carrying is pressure through those joints. And for those of you who have followed us for a while and you know we love talking about our hormones, we know that leptin, which you'll have heard us talk about, is our satiety or our fullness hormone. We develop leptin resistance, again, when our body is storing excess fat. When insulin is high, we also get high leptin. Now, weirdly, leptin, even though it's a hormone, can actually attack I don't know, that's a, that's a very emotive word, but it does cause chondrocyte destruction <laughs> and chondrocytes are our fancy name for cartilage. So again, if you're wanting to protect your joints, this is sort of a secondary benefit of reducing your insulin, moving your body, is that you improve your leptin, which just, you know, does so many wonderful things. Yeah, I think we could talk for a week 
and not find a downside. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the key, of course, is to make sure that the program is not, that you don't go too hard too early. No. So, well, we've created a program for people with knee pain and often, you know, they're people who have been very active. So our netball players, our tennis players, basketball, busy mums, all of those. Um, But, you know, life has meant that potentially you haven't been as active as you might have been in your younger years, but you're still super busy. So you're still probably on your feet all the time, but now knee pain is becoming a problem. For those women, we've created a program that starts off at a quite a low level, progressively increases in intensity and complexity, I guess, over a 12-week period. And what we're looking to spit out at the other end and what we're seeing from our people who are doing this program is, you know, reductions in knee pain, increases in activity levels so that you can be on your feet and doing all the things, but with less pain and less discomfort, you know, sleeping better at night because night pain is actually a big one for people who have early arthritis. So, you know, all of those. And I'm sure less use of medications and... You know, we know that lots of people use non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, so your ibuprofen or diclofenax. And as you hear us tell you, lovelies, all medications come with side effects. So if you can reduce the amount of medication you're taking, not only are you reducing your side effects, you're reducing the cost and reducing potential interactions with anything else you may need to take. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we like to call exercise medication, but it's, it's the medicine that has no side effects. So, you know, but it is all about the dose and it is all, you know, the the specificity of, of what's prescribed. We call it prescription when we give people exercises to manage whatever it is that they come to us for. But, yes, unlike medication and lots of other interventions that other lovely doctors can make, there isn't necessarily as potential risks or side effects associated with it. Absolutely. No downsides. I love that. So, lovelies, if you've got knee pain, Or if you'd just like to learn a bit more about how to manage your lower limb strength to prevent new pain, new pain, knee pain, new knee pain, then Trisha's program, the Healthy Knees program, it's a fabulous program, 12 weeks. You can do it at home. I love 12 weeks. It's it's a manageable time to see change. It also cements in habits because I think sometimes people do something for like four weeks and it's not enough. You don't see enough change and you don't haven't cemented a habit, so it's not that helpful. But we will have a link for that program in our show notes, which you can see obviously at the bottom of your screen here or go over to our website at rlmedicine.com and you'll see it there. If you happen to be in Sydney and you'd love to see Trisha and her gang, it's the Healthy Body Company. That's correct, yes. We've got four locations across Sydney, have a fantastic team. We have lovely gyms on site. But the program that we've got available can be done at home, anywhere, no equipment required really. We'll send you some TheraBand just to get you started. But if you've got a chair, a towel and a step at home, we've got you sorted. Excellent. And the other thing I love about that then is it's portable. So if you're travelling... You can take your TheraBrand with you. It doesn't take up any room. The program has designed to, is designed so that you don't need anything at all. You can do it anywhere, anytime, because consistency is the key. So we've tried to pair it right back, make it as simple as possible. We insist on having, you know, a break between a daily, so like a full day between sessions because rest is just as important as exercise when it comes to making gains. So all the time we'll be reminding you rest, rest, rest. recovery, rest and recovery, it's all just as important. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. Rest is best. (laughs) 
Well, actually, I'm not going to qualify that with, it's like everything, actually. It's just the balance. And we love that word balance. Balance between movement and rest. In our time, we talk about the balance between feasting and fasting. We talk about the balance between sleep and awake. Everything is about a balance. So getting that balance right is wonderful. (laughs) Trisha, thank you so much for coming onto the program and sharing your wisdom as a knee girl and a knee expert. I'm sure our listeners have got some good advice there. And darlings, I really, really encourage you just keep moving it. Keep moving it. Come and do Trisha's program if you need some supervision or you want some guidance. And I think that that's really important because, you know, we're not all physios and we don't know exactly what we need. Yeah. So I'll just say one thing about it, Lucy. It's it's not just doing, you know, the same exercises for 12 weeks. It's actually about progression. So to get the gains, you need to be upgrading your program over time. And that's what we help you to do. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that. All right, lovelies, have the most beautiful week and I will see you all. No, I won't see you. I will hear you all. No, I won't hear you. You'll hear me next week. Take care, darlings. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.